to continue in this place that the Holy Spirit has prepared. I bless you to be sensitive to his spirit. That your words would be anointed with power and that our spirits would rise up in encouraged in hope in anticipation and that we would be released further into God's purposes for our lives Amen That's alright Sheila says she's cut me a bit short I shall speak quickly I don't know whether we can ever catch up time I just sensed this morning, I mean, it's great relief when the worship songs confirm, fit in exactly uh, what I've got on my heart to share with you. But before I get into what I want to say, um, I just have a feel, a, a wee nudge, and I believe it's from the Holy Spirit. Some folk have sort of feel a little bit lost in their relationship with God right now. And you're not quite sure where you're going. Well, the good news is... That on the heart of God, and always will be on the heart of God, he will come to seek and to save the lost. Always. So if there's that area where you're feeling a bit, drifting a bit, let, let him find you. We didn't find him, he found us. He comes to seek and to save the lost. And I believe that there needs to be a response from some people uh, at the end of this session. Um... I, as I was preparing uh, for today, the, uh, the spirit of Googling came upon me. And my fingers supernaturally whizzed across the, the things on the, you know, that you press the letters. And I hadn't planned to do this, but I found myself spelling out these words. M-I-K-E gap. R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N, my name. And suddenly I pressed the wrong button and it all disappeared. And I thought, well, thank God, my name and your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Never to be eradicated. And you know, the wonderful thing about the love of God, and that's the most powerful thing of all, you know, I love when signs and wonders happen and legs grow and all the rest of it. I love that. But the love of God is the most powerful thing of all. And we will never ever be separated from the, from the, the love of God in Christ Jesus. Never ever. Um, and so all kinds of thoughts were sparked in my mind as um, during the praise and worship. And... Uh, I think it's an extraordinary truth that we need to hear time and time again that there's no body on the cross and there's no body in the grave. The grave is empty. And I'm just so grateful to God that he reached out to me and saved my soul because it's impossible for us to save our own soul. That's why he sent a saviour. 
And in my research for this session, I was reading about a, a guy called Adolf Eichmann, who was one of the perpetrators of the Holocaust, and how the Jews searched all over the world for his body for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. They used every device they could to scan and to photograph. And eventually, they found his body in South America. And yet, the Jews are still searching for the body of Jesus. Even in tiny Judea, they haven't been able to find his body because he's alive, hallelujah. And when we sing he's alive, the Holy Spirit does something amazing in our spirit. And I got also tuning into a famous meeting that um, a French philosopher, Auguste Comte, had with um, a Scottish philosopher. Thomas Carlyle and Comte said he intended to found a new religion which would sweep the world would sweep everything away in its wake sweeping away Christianity and everything else he was very very enthusiastic about this and Carlyle's um, reply was a devastating one and it went something like this he said oh that's splendid all you need to do is speak as no man ever spoke before. To live as no man ever lived before. Be crucified. Be buried. To rise again on the third day. And to get the world to believe in you and to follow you 2,000 years later then your religion will have some chance of success. What was Comte's, Augustus Comte's response, I wonder? Well, he went very quiet. He didn't know what to say. So I just want to go through the basic facts of the gospel because the subject is salvation and righteousness. And I don't think I will ever understand how great my salvation is until I get to heaven. Hebrews, in Hebrews 2, it tells us not to neglect so great a salvation. So Christ suffered death on the cross as a punishment for our sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. And God expects from each one of us, if we haven't made that response, he expects a personal response from each one of us, a response of faith from everyone who desires to be saved. And you know, there is no greater measure of love than somebody who loves you so much that he lays his life down for you. And Jesus' agony on the cross when he was demonstrating 
when the Father was demonstrating his hatred of sin and his love for you and me. His agony on the cross is the basis of the simplicity of our salvation. God has made it very simple for us. So the cross of Christ is a triumph for the Son of Man. That was Jesus' favourite name, Son of Man. The cross is a triumph for the Son of Man. Not only was it a sign that Jesus had triumphed, but he had triumphed to save the whole of the human race, not just you and me, the whole of the human race. Every single human being now can get into the presence of God. Every single human being, without exception, because of what the Son of God, Son of Man, went through on the cross 2,000 years ago. It says in 1 Peter 1, You were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, but with, pre- with the precious blood of Jesus. We've been singing about the blood of Jesus this morning. I want to share a little bit about how unique and special his blood is, that medical science still don't understand. <laughs> the mystery of human blood, and I will come to that. And redeemed means to restore us back to the original garden relationship that Adam and Eve had with God. And to restore us back to the original blessings. It's pretty big, isn't it, to grasp that. And 2 Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge, note the word knowledge, in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 3, his divine power has given us all things. Say all things. All things. Not some things, but all things. That's the extravagant outpouring of God's grace out of his heart. He's held nothing back. He's given us everything. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the, Here's this word knowledge again. Through the knowledge of him who called you or called us by glory and virtue. I'm talking here about the love of one man. The son of man. And I don't know whether you know this story, but it it, it helps me to grasp the vastness of what Jesus did on the cross for us. During the Second World War, in a a Japanese prison of war camp, I don't know how many prisoners there were from many nations, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000, I don't know. And the commander of the camp came out one morning and he suspected there was an escape attempt being planned and he said would the, would the soldier who stolen the shovel own up otherwise you all die and the machine gunners got their machine guns ready and loaded and he repeated what he said again you will all die unless the person that has stolen the shovel will own up. Absolute silence. 
Third time he repeated the call. And one emaciated Scottish soldier stood forward. He said, I stole the shovel. At the end of the day, they did a recount and they found the shovel. It was not missing. One man laid his life down for all those 1,500 or 2,000 prisoners in that camp. If we multiply that by some extraordinary figure that I can't even attain to, it gives us a tiny idea of what Jesus did for us on the cross. There is no greater love than somebody that lays his life down for his friends. And so the very heart of God is not just to come and seek and to save the lost, but he wants to demonstrate his love for you. He lo- I love this expression, it's not mine. He loves you to bits because he wants to put you back together again. So if you're falling apart, you feel you're falling apart, he can put you back together again. He demonstrated his love for us on the cross. At the time of the Exodus, an estimated 160,000 lambs were slain. In Solomon's uh, time, 400,000 lambs were slain. There had to be this blood offering because there's no forgiveness of sins except by the shedding of blood. And in old, I don't know what the animal rights people would have done. But you know, thousands and thousands of animals were slaughtered. And at 3 p.m., on the 14th day of the Jewish calendar called Nisan, one Passover lamb was slain on the cross. God's Passover lamb. The lamb of God. God's two-legged lamb. His name is Jesus. And there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, we're told in Hebrews. God's Passover lamb was the perfect sacrifice, the only sacrifice accepted, acceptable to God. Why was that? Because his Passover lamb was perfect. Perfectly perfect without blemish and so the blood flowing through Jesus' veins hadn't been contaminated by Adam's sin that brought death and sickness into the human blood the blood in Jesus' veins came from the Father created by him what am I trying to say here? I'm building up to try, for me to try and understand and to help you understand how great our salvation is. And Leviticus 17 verse 11 tells us that the life of the flesh, notice this word, is in 
the blood. It's not the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So no wonder Jesus said, I am the life. Because the blood flowing through his veins was created by the Father. It was special, it was unique, it was a powerful. And his blood is still alive. It's still powerful when we appropriate his blood by faith. God imparted his own life into the bloodstream of Jesus. See, blood is not the life, it, it, it carries life. And the, a miracle takes place when a man trusts in Jesus for the first time, or a woman or a child, and accepts him as personal saviour. Immediately a great cleansing takes place. This is the miracle of our salvation. The sin that's in the bloodstream is purged because our blood is contaminated or was by Adam's sin that brought sickness and disease and death. And so Joel 3.21 is an amazing verse. So we, we, our blood, when we make a commitment to Christ, our blood is purified. It's made spiritually clean. And Joel 3.21 says this, For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwells in Zion. He dwells in his church. So by the miracle of salvation, and you might be thinking, well, that miracle has already taken place in my life. Hallelujah for that. Because of what the Lamb of God went through, his agony and suffering on the cross. But I think all the time we need to understand how great that salvation is, which will lead us to even more praise and worship. So by the miracle of salvation, we both receive, we receive eternal life and the divine health of the Son of God. Can I, can I ask you, has anybody had a blood transfusion in this place? Ever? Okay, can I just pray for a moment? Because the Holy Spirit is in the business of cleansing the blood. If we've had a blood transfusion... We've learnt through ministry that it can bring something into our blood. Okay, so I want to pray for a moment. Could you just, if that's you, could you just bow your head for a moment? Just want to take authority over this in Jesus' name. Because he doesn't want anything lurking in your blood that brings sickness and disease. Your blood has already been purged and cleansed. So Father, in Jesus' name, I take authority in the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and speak to anything that may have been transferred during that blood transfusion. I don't know whether it has, but I don't want to take any chances. Completely release you from anything that may have been transferred to you. So it doesn't lurk there. Anymore doesn't cause you any sickness or any disease. 
the word of God says whatever you release on earth will be released because it's already released in heaven. So I declare that releasing word over you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, it's, it's down to us, not up to us, it's down to us <laughs> to appropriate by faith everything that Jesus has accomplished on the cross for us. And, you know, I've heard some people say, oh no, I can't. My response has been, oh yes, you can. And some sometimes has gone on for a while. God has done his part. It's up to us. It's down to us to appropriate all, all, everything that he has accomplished for us on the cross. And come to a bit more about that in a moment. Philippians 2, verse 12, 13 is, is a most fantastic verse. I'll read it to you. Continue, see, continuing tense, continue to work out your salvation. We have been saved, it's secure, but we've got to work it out. Our personality will be the personality that God has formed in you, made you with. But it's the character of Christ that will go on being developed in us. And we've got to work it out. We've got to do a bit of work. So work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose or good pleasure. So what, what is that word saying to us? I think this is fantastic. In other words, God helps us to do his will. Isn't that amazing? He helps us to do his will and we need to understand that and say Lord I've not got the will to do this but I know this is what you want me to do would you give me your will because that's your promise you promise to help me to, to do your will so God gives us both the will and the do to act according to his good purpose no wonder we can confidently declare I can do everything, all things through him who gives me the strength. He gives us the strength to do all things he's calling us to do, not the things he's not calling us to do. So we need to know what he's calling us to do. And when Jesus was on the cross and just before he died, he, he, he said something amazing. He spoke the rhema word of God, it's in red in my Bible, the colour red, that's the rhema word of God that he spoke. And what he said, three words, shook all of heaven, I believe, and shook the earth. His cry was a triumphant cry. It is finished. It is finished. I have finished, in other words, I have finished, he was saying, the work that the Father gave me to do. And in triumphing to save the whole of the human race, this is the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross. Through the shedding of of blood from God's Passover lamb God's lamb and we're told that his 
blood pleads mercy, forgiveness, pardon, healing, deliverance, multiplied peace and joy. That's our salvation. It is finished. In the Greek, it's translated as one word, finished. Can't be much more exacting than that. I have done the job my father sent me to do. It is finished. What does finished mean? Finished. Complete. We're not going to be redeemed. We are redeemed. We've been redeemed, past tense. We've been saved, past tense. We've been healed, past tense. We've been delivered, past tense. We have been and we are being bought back, not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the blood of God's precious lamb. We have been bought back and we have been brought back. It is finished. It's so clear in my Bible. It is finished. It's in red. And it's probably in red in your Bible as well. That was the rhema word that Jesus spoke out of his mouth just before he died. You know, that I was measuring out on the floor earlier that from the wall there to here, sorry it's not in metric, it's 60 feet. That was the height of the temple curtain. Four inches thick, 30 inches wide. And when Jesus said, it is finished, this is my belief. I believe the Holy Spirit was released with his sword to cut that massive curtain, which even a team of bullocks, a thousand pounds per each bullock, couldn't pull apart. Something supernatural happened. That great temple ripped from top to bottom. Tradition has it that the priests were so upset they tried to sew it back together again. And every time they sewed it back together again, it tore apart. The point is, no man can close the door that God opens. The way was made through into the very presence of God for every human being and the curtain representing Jesus' body, his torn apart body, his torn body, his ripped body. It is complete. It's finished. Complete the actual translation of that complete means completely complete and complete can't be more complete than completely complete our language is very limited Isaiah 61 verse 10 he clotheth clothed us with the garments of salvation. 
He has covered us with the robes of righteousness. This is the amazing truth of this. And if you grasp nothing else than this, God has dressed us with himself. God has dressed us with himself. That's how special you are. And all of this took place on the cross. The great exchange that took on the cross. He exchanged my filthy, polluted, stinking garments for his pure, spotless garments. He has covered us with the robes of righteousness. You and I are seen as righteous as Jesus was when he was on the earth. That was the scale of the victory on the cross when Jesus cried out, it is finished. And people would switch off at that moment and they would say, that's not right. I'm not as righteous as Jesus was when he was on the earth. What they do at that stage, they look at their own behaviour instead of looking at Jesus' behaviour on the cross. It's complete. You and I are as righteous as Jesus was when he was on the earth. That's how God sees us. He sees us clothed with the robes of righteousness. It doesn't mean we are sinless. It means we sin less. (laughs) Isaiah 61 verse 10. And this is a declaration of our atonement. He has covered us. It's done. It's complete. It is finished. It is complete. He sees us as righteous as his son. We're covered with the blood of Jesus. When God couldn't look upon his son on the cross because he became sin. But as soon as Jesus covered himself with his blood... His father could look at him because he saw blood. He didn't see sin. We're covered with his blood. Do Do you get what I'm saying? We're covered with the blood of Jesus. He knows when we mess up and he gives us the opportunity to repent and feed on his wonderful grace all over again. But he sees us perfected in Christ. He doesn't see sin. He sees the shed blood of Jesus. What a great salvation we have. How great is our God. Clothed in the righteousness of God himself. Clothed with his garments. And he he has great pleasure when he sees you and I. Clothed in the robes of righteousness. But he's much... It's much more pleasing and thrilling for him when we realise what this really means you know the devil hates the blood of Jesus it makes him see red he hates it there's life in it I don't know whether this is true or not eat the meat and spit out the bones I think that's the only colour that the devil sees red, red, red he can't get away from it 
And every time he realizes, he knows that, that the enemy, and we've understood we're covered with the blood of Jesus, even at the sight of one drop of Jesus' blood, the whole of hell trembles, quakes and shakes. At one drop of Jesus' blood, you are covered with it. You're covered with the blood of Jesus. See, fig leaf religion doesn't work. (laughs) The fig leaves fall off in autumn. They leave us totally exposed. My experience with men is, and wives, don't beat your men up if this is true. See, men, in my experience, including myself, in the past have been very good at getting into fig leaf religion. We sweep things under the carpet, hoping nobody's going to see them. I think men are good at that. It's fig leaf religion. It doesn't work. God knew that. That's why he's covered us with the blood of the Lord Jesus. Our salvation is so complete that God, when Jesus said it is finished, and again you have to weigh this, this is my slant on it, I'd never seen this before, not only was he declaring out loud the power of declaration, when we declare the word of God with faith, the Holy Spirit is released to use his sword. The great curtain was torn in two. The power of declaration is so great. It com- that cry, it is finished, completed, sealed salvation for every human being. I wonder if Jesus was also saying or implying when he said it is finished, there is not a drop of blood left in my body. It is finished. I have given everything for you. There's nothing left for me to give. We know from medical science, if a human being has so, been so badly damaged, and Jesus was, his back was like a ploughed up field. His beard was half pulled off. That a human body can be drained of blood. And Leviticus 17.11 tells us there's life in the blood. So as soon as the blood drained out of Jesus' body, life had gone. He had given us everything. There's a Greek word which Phil referred to some months ago called sozo. And sozo means saved, healed, made sound, made whole. Another Greek word called soteria gets to the root meaning of the word sozo. And it means deliverance, health, Salvation, to save, protect, heal, do well, make whole. 
I think the enemy has hoodwinked us for too long now. And isn't it that Hosea says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge? Knowledge of Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. That we have thought, perhaps some of us, for long periods of time, that being saved was going up to headquarters, heaven, and enjoying God for all eternity. That's part of it. But it's a lot more. Because Jesus cried, it is finished. He couldn't, it would have been impossible for him to give any more for us than he's already given. He purchased us at a huge cost, not with perishable things of silver and gold, but with the blood of Jesus. Miracles taken place here this morning. I finished with half a minute to go before quarter past twelve, but I, I just want to pray for you for a moment, okay? I just I'm so wanting for me and for us to see how great our salvation is. And also for those people I repeat it again, you feel your relationship with the Lord has drifted a bit. He comes to seek and to save the lost. A religious spirit comes to put condemnation and guilt on you. Failure. The Spirit of God comes to seek and to save the lost. To find treasure in you. And the treasure that's in you has a hallmark on it. As they say in Scotland, it's a wee lion. It's a lion of the tribe of Judah. So God is coming to some of you this morning. So I understand completely what you've been going through. In your lostness, not for eternity, your lostness in your walk with the Lord right now. He said, I'm coming to you personally. I'm coming to help you. Just would you allow me to do that? There's pure treasure in you. So Father, we thank you so much. If you could just bow your heads for a moment before I hand over to Sheila. Father, we thank you for delivering your son to the cross to be made sin for each one of us. We thank you, Jesus, that you gave absolutely everything. You held nothing back. You didn't give us 99.9% because it doesn't exist in heaven. You gave us your 100%. Holy Spirit, I don't know how you want to use this word, but would you use it please and touch every single heart in this room, even drawing people closely back to you in relationship again. Whatever you want to do, Father, Just believe today that there are going to be signs following, whatever those signs might mean. So Jesus, we applaud you, we thank you with open arms for what you did on the cross. Lord Jesus, you're brilliant. And we thank you so much. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son, the Passover Lamb, the Lamb of God, God's Lamb, to be slaughtered on the cross 
to shed every drop of blood for us, for giving us your life, for clothing us with yourself, Father. How great a salvation we have. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, Mike. And um, so often the Holy Spirit just does the ministry that we need in our hearts as we open them to him and as we listen. Sometimes it's really helpful when the Holy Spirit has touched something in particular inside of us to kind of confirm that in prayer with somebody. So the ministry team will be available over here as we end uh, to pray with anybody who feels that that would be helpful. And the only other thing for me to do is just to remind you that we're not here anymore until the 7th of September. It'll be at D22. Look at the notices. And team leaders, will you remember to take all the boxes?